This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. If you're anything like us, closing our state borders was not something we'd really ever comprehended being possible, but enter COVID-19 and those state lines have become the subject of much conjecture. As we look to a life free of lockdowns, state borders continue to throw up some hurdles in our quest to return to what was normal. So in this Squeeze Shortcut, we give you the background to the responsibility of the states and territories when it comes to our borders, the differing points of view about opening up, and what might come to be. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Border controls have been a feature of our COVID-19 response since the very beginning of the pandemic, Claire. Before we get into the ins and outs of what's going on, let's start with why it's the state and territory government's call to dictate where their citizens can and can't go. It goes all the way back to Federation in 1901. That was when Australia was declared a Commonwealth and responsibilities were outlined for the federal government and the states and then later the territories. And it's all laid out in the Constitution. Yeah, it is. And it gives the Commonwealth power to legislate on areas that concern the nation as a whole, things like trade and income and business taxation, immigration Defence, foreign affairs, marriage and divorce, things like postal and telecommunication services. The state governments, on the other hand, were to deliver services. So things like education, policing, hospitals, public housing and transport. There's obviously shades of grey in there. For example, the states also raise taxes and the federal government have a police force, for example. Yeah, and the Commonwealth's also responsible for parts of the health system like GP services and Medicare and subsidising drugs that Australians need via the PBS. So it's very nuanced right across the board and a lot of that is managed via agreements and meetings between the Commonwealth, states and territory ministers and officials. So to relate this to the pandemic, because states and territories are in charge of local law and order, services like hospitals and education, it falls on them in a crisis like a pandemic to make a call about what their citizens can do. Yeah, and they each have their own laws to deal with when it comes to making public health orders, which is why you might see one set of rules for one state and a different set for another. It's really up to them to go as fast or as slow as they see fit. And I guess that grey area between the Commonwealth and the states and territories has been a bit of an issue in the last couple of years. Yeah, and that's why Prime Minister Scott Morrison says the National Cabinet is important. It's a special intergovernmental decision-making forum uh, that was created back in March last year and it brings together the nation's political leaders uh, and also officials to coordinate a national response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Scott Morrison has said that National Cabinet has made the Federation, and this is the quote, more responsive and more coordinated than we've seen in many years. But the process hasn't been without its problems, especially when it comes to our borders. Let's get into that now. 
As it stands, every week the Prime Minister, the Premiers and the Chief Ministers get together on a Friday to discuss all things COVID, National Cabinet Friday. It's became known at the Squiz, including what a pathway out of the pandemic looks like. That's been a charged conversation because of the outbreak of cases in New South Wales, Victoria and the ACT of late. It's turned into a discussion about new daily cases versus target vaccination rates. The federal government commissioned the Doherty Institute to look at what percentage of the eligible population, so those aged 16 years and over, uh, how many would need to be vaccinated to begin to reopen the country. The main idea behind the modelling is to estimate at what point enough people will be protected from getting sick or dying from COVID-19 that won't pose too great a burden for our health system if restrictions are lifted. Uh, And that modelling was then used to underpin a national plan. The plan was agreed upon by National Cabinet back in July. There are four phases that align to vaccination targets and one that's most talked about, Claire, is reaching 70 to 80 percent full vaccination rates. That's the adult population vaccinated. And what that agreement says is that when 70% of adults aged 16 years and over are vaccinated, restrictions can begin to ease. And then when we get to 80%, they can go even further. Think things like international travel starting up uh, and no more lockdowns except in very localised cases. Uh, There will still be COVID cases and deaths, but our health system will be better able to manage that kind of situation because the vaccination rate means most citizens are protected from those very serious outcomes. It's important to note, of course, there will still be some restrictions, things like social distancing and mask wearing, but the expectation was our borders would start to open up. You mentioned that this plan was agreed upon by National Cabinet. How's that holding up? Well, New South Wales and Victoria are on board. They're both states that are deep into lockdowns at the moment and they agree that COVID zero just isn't possible, particularly with this very contagious Delta strain. The premiers of both those states are getting vaccination rates up and they say that that's the way out. Sydney and surrounding regions have been in lockdown for coming up to three months now and it's been very hard at it when it comes to vaccination. And Premier Gladys Berejiklian of New South Wales says that Restrictions could ease as soon as the 18th of October if 70% of the eligible New South Wales population are double jabbed and that's what they're projecting. New South Wales also doesn't have its borders closed to any states. It's the borders around them that are closed. Not so willing to open up also are the rest of Australia, WA and Queensland in particular. No, that's fairly safe to say. Both of Mm. those states have low to no new local cases and their leaders say that they're very worried about reopening their borders to places like New South Wales and Victoria and the ACT where there are currently those outbreaks. Uh, Western Australia's Mark McGowan and Queensland's Anastasia Palaszczuk have also questioned the assumptions that underpin that modelling, saying that it was done prior to these recent outbreaks. Yeah, so what that says is that national cabinet agreements aren't necessarily binding and we'll get into that a bit later but first because of the concern of some states about the current outbreaks the Doherty Institute was asked to report back to national cabinet with an update 
on its modelling. Yeah, and it stuck to its initial recommendations, and that is that restrictions could be lowered once that 70 to 80% vaccination rates were achieved. For McGowan's part, he's endorsed the national plan, but he's also made it very clear that he won't do anything that he thinks could risk the state's COVID-free status. And for Palaszczuk, she said that she wants more research into the impacts of COVID on children before making a decision to open borders. Let's not forget our smaller states and territories, South Australia and the top end, they've kept pretty low profiles when it comes to the border debate. Yeah, they have. And Tassie hasn't had much of a voice in any of this either, but officials there say a 90% vaccination rate would be the target to aim for. Which leaves us with the burning question, Claire. Will we be able to travel interstate anytime soon? Let's get into that now. When we look to the national plan, it refers to lockdowns. There's nothing in there specifically about opening and closing state borders. There's a mention of international borders and upping the number of inbound travellers. Mm. But as you say, lockdowns are different from border closures. And there's a link, of course, states that close their borders primarily do so because they say that they want to keep COVID out. Uh, so they don't have to impose lockdowns. And given that the states and territories have responsibility over their parliaments and their borders, they can choose not to implement something agreed on by National Cabinet if they like. Yeah, that's right. And the National Cabinet doesn't make laws, so it has no legal powers. It's just simply a forum and a process. And a decision by National Cabinet can only be implemented by each jurisdiction in accordance to its own laws. So you've answered the key question. National Cabinet is not legally enforceable. That's something Prime Minister Scott Morrison has recommended recognised when asked about the differing views on state borders. Yeah, and he said that at the end of the day, Australia is a federation and its states have the right to make decisions within their domain. Uh, he said, and this is a quote, every premier, every chief minister has to stand in front of their state and justify the decision that they're taking in terms of the extent of the restrictions that are in place. And on that, the decision to leave the states to deal with quarantine and public health measures was made very early on at the beginning of the pandemic. Claire, given the power of the Commonwealth, can't it just overrule state laws? It can. The Commonwealth could override state border restrictions by passing laws over movement across state lines. That's absolutely possible. But so far, it's chosen not to do that. And it's allowed the states and territories to make and enforce public health measures with the advice of their own local health officials. And that includes those state border closures. There have been private citizens that have challenged those state border closures. So far, they've been unsuccessful. Yeah, and probably the most high-profile one was an action brought by mining magnate Clive Palmer. That was a case that the Commonwealth joined, uh, but it later backed away from. Palmer argued in the High Court that closing borders was in breach of the Constitution. He was unsuccessful, but some legal experts say that future challenges could happen if this all drags on. And looking at the current situation, those in the know say states could continue to restrict interstate movement for quite some time. Yeah, they do. And adding to that, while vaccination rates are on the climb, each state and territory are at different stages. So far, New South Wales is leading the pack with almost 50% of the population fully vaccinated, while Western Australia and Queensland have the lowest double dose rates, around 40% at the moment. Uh, but there could also be months between those first states and 
territories and those at the bottom of the pack getting to that 70% mark. So whether we'll be able to visit family interstate or travel across borders by Christmas, it's all up in the air. And that's your shortcut to state and territory borders. On to our recommendations. Each week we recommend some further reading, listening or watching. Mine is our shortcut about the Federation. It's a really nerdy look at the history of the Federation in more detail. It's important context when it comes to all of this. Oh, I don't think anyone's ever accused us of being nerdy, have they? <laughs> oh, it's pretty nerdy. <laughs> and look, for me, one thing that we're not talking a lot about in Australia is vaccination hesitancy. But there's a tracker from Melbourne University and it puts it at about 20%. So of those, half they reckon will never come around to being vaccinated. That's certainly what the experts say. And it's just something to keep in mind and keep an eye on as we aim to reach those 80% plus vaccination targets. That's right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. As always, we're taking requests. Hello at thesqueeze.com.au. If you've got uh, a burning question and you need um, us to answer it in a shortcut, please send it through and we'll do our best to get there. Chat next week. Thank you.